you're in serve receive and you're thinking about where should I be passing this ball and you're wondering, is height more important than the location? Still think about that center line that we just got done talking about. Your goal is to put the ball there, okay? If you tell your setter, hey, I'm going to put this ball here, but it might get there quick, your setter's still going to get there, okay? But if we keep passing this ball really, really high, it's really hard for a setter to make a really good touch. And now our timing step is off. Now our attacking feels a little weird. The set is probably going to be a little bit higher than we're expecting because it's just the energy of the ball. If that ball is passed really high, it's going to bounce higher off our partner's platform. That's just physics. Okay. So we have to think about helping our setters out. And that's what those, those two things do that we talked about. Location of the pass and then concentrating on accuracy versus height. Okay. I really, really don't like it when people say, I have to pass the ball higher in or so that my setter can can get there. No, your setter's an athlete just like you, okay? Tell them where you're going to be passing and then trust that they're going to get there. Good morning, my people. My name is Brandon Joyner. Welcome back to the Better at Beach podcast. So if you have any questions, make sure you leave them in the chat. Gladly get back to those throughout the portion of the podcast. If I see a question that I think is very, very important, I will stop what I'm doing. I'll answer that question as quickly as I can. And then as we're going, we get a little audience communication. You know, one of the things that I love about this and love about these podcasts is that I get to talk to people that I normally don't. I know it's not face to face. You guys can see my face, but I, I can't see you. But just the fact that you guys are answering, asking questions during it, making it a little bit more fun for us definitely goes a long way. So please, 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 if you're on, if you're watching, if you have a question, ask us. Uh, we might not get it to it this time, but we will moving forward. Okay, go ahead and get started. Today, I wanted to go... Once again, a little bit more teachy. You know, last last episode that we had, I was very Q&A heavy, which I loved. And once again, if you have questions, please put them in the chat. It allows me to interact with you guys and answer questions that you might have. Right now, today, I am going to be talking about passing, setting, and attacking. And the most common errors that I've seen recently or that I've noticed within the past couple of years that I think are stunting people's growth, okay? And the cool thing is, is that a lot of these are just very, very simple fixes that should show immediate progression in your game, okay? So I'm going to be going through passing, and then I'm going to go through setting, and then I'm going to go through attacking. Um, if you guys have questions about any of these three skills, now's the time to ask them, okay? I will be at the end of this session. I always say I'm going to go around 45 minutes. It always goes a little bit longer. I'm going to try to stop this at 40 and then have five minutes of a Q&A, but let's go ahead and get started. So a lot of times when I'm coming up with these topics and I'm thinking about how we can become better players, we're, Mark and I and our staff, we're really lucky because we get to see a pretty wide range of players from people who are just stepping out on the sand to people who have been playing for a while, but maybe they're self-taught, maybe they've never really focused on their technique. And there are some common things that happen within our game that can be fixed and it can help you start scoring more points immediately. Okay, so while some of these ideas might seem a little beginner-esque or fundamental, as an advanced level player, if you're watching, I guarantee you, you're probably doing some of these as well, especially if you feel like you've plateaued in the past and you are still trying to get to that next level. It could be 
one little change that's holding you back from instead of getting fifth, ninth, thirteenth in a tournament, might start breaking into that semifinal and final, which is where we all want to be. You know, making that semifinal, making that final is an amazing feeling. And that's the whole point of what we're doing is we want you guys to feel more comfortable when you're playing. We want you to get better. And we want all these conversations that we're having with you guys, whether it's you watching us on YouTube, our Instagram, whatever. We want these little fixes to help your game and help you get better finishes, help you be happier within the sport because you guys have helped us be that. Okay. The first thing that we're going to talk about is passing. Okay. And when I'm talking about passing, this is mainly going to be talking about whether it's in serve receive. So somebody serving you a ball or if it's in transition where the other team is sending you a ball back over the net and we have to make a first touch with our pass. Okay. And the first thing I want to talk about is the location of your pass. One of the biggest fixes and the easiest ways for beginners and intermediates to level up and become more efficient in their offensive design is figuring out where this pass actually needs to go. One of the big problems that we see, especially a lot of the times when we're talking, we talk about doubles. Okay. This same conversation can happen for, for fours as well. But when we're talking about doubles, imagine that you have a volleyball court in front of you. Okay. And obviously when you're playing doubles, you have a person on the left side of the court, you have a person on the right side of the court. Now I want you to draw a line right down the middle of the court. Okay. Now that you've done that, that line should be dividing your side of the court in half. So now I have I'm responsible for half of the court. My partner is responsible for half the court. I have a feeling that everybody watching, everybody listening has a good idea that if we're playing doubles, you are going to be responsible for half the court. Okay, I'm not teaching that moment. What I am teaching is where you should be passing in relation to this line, okay? I think the big common error that we see for this is that people tend to pass to their partner way too much, okay? They think, oh, I'm playing with someone who is not very quick, okay? So I need to pass the ball to them to help them up. While when we're thinking about it and you say that, yes, they're gonna be able to get to that ball a little bit easier, but now you're asking that person to set a ball very, very far to where your hit is going to be, okay? So instead, I still want you to think about that line that's dividing your court in half, but my challenge is keep, whenever you are served, you should try to keep the ball on your half of the court, but as close to that center line as possible. Okay. I know that this is a very, very drastic change for some people, but we have to get used to passing the ball in front of us. The reason for that is that it actually makes a set easier. Yes, we're going to make our partner run a little bit more, but at least once they get there, they will be able to make an up and down set or a set that covers maybe eight to 10 feet. And that is a lot easier task for a setter to do rather than passing the ball to them and then asking them to set a ball that's going to travel 15 to 20 feet before the hitter contacts. Okay, first thing is draw that center line, pass the ball on your half of the court. If you're watching this podcast, if you're listening and you're saying, Brandon, you're crazy, my setter's never going to get there. That's something that you need to have a conversation with your setter. Okay, tell them that you, that's where you're going to be passing. If you tell them that that's where you're going to be passing, then that will allow them to move a little bit quicker. It will allow them to, once they realize that they're not getting served, they'll be able to release to the net a little bit 
quicker than they normally would, and they'll know what their direction is supposed to be. But what we commonly see is that people tend to pass to this location and the setters don't get there. But that's a good pass. If you watch AVP, if you watch FIVB World Tour events that are going on this week in Rosarito, a lot of these players, unless they're running a specific offensive design, most of these players are passing in front of them, keeping the ball on their half of the court. Okay, so it allows you to set up your offense a little bit cleaner. And a lot, sometimes it just, it takes trust. It takes you going to your setter and saying, hey, I'm going to get this ball here and I need you to get there, right? Instead of just not believing them and saying, oh, they're too slow. No, just tell them to get there. I think a lot of times they can. All right. The second thing that I have is talking about people thinking about height versus location. And this is a big debate because, and I, I really wish Mark was on this on this one with me because, uh, and I, hopefully we can have this little debate because I think we think a little differently on this. I think a lot of people concentrate on getting the ball too high in the air because once again, we're thinking, oh, I need to get this ball as high in the air as I can because my setter is going to have the second touch and I want to allow them the time to get there. The other side is that a lot of times when we do that, we lose accuracy because when you have to put more power on the ball, that's when we get a lot of body movement. We feel our hips come forward. We feel our back push back. We expose our stomachs and then we sw we tend to swing our arms and get that to get that ball really high. Whenever I, I, I say this a lot at our clinics and camps, but passing is a simple skill, which means that we should try to be simple machines. And with that, we should be concentrating on staying strong and having our movements as minimal as possible. So whenever we think about passing this ball really high, we start adding unnecessary action. And then when people start serving the ball higher and that ball has more energy, then now when we're combining all of these movements and power to our pass, now this ball is going even higher. Okay. And I want you guys to go out on the beach today or out in your backyard, whatever you're doing. And I want you to toss a ball that's maybe 10 feet in the air and catch it. Okay. And then once you've caught that, I want you to toss the ball as high as you can in the air and try to catch that one. I guarantee you that the second ball, the higher ball that you toss is going to be harder to catch. Maybe not because you're most likely still gonna catch it, but you're start you're gonna start to feel a little stressed. You're gonna feel like you're waiting for this ball to come down to you. And the same exact thing happens when we're passing the ball really high is that our setters start to get stressed out. They start to get really anxious and they start to question. If they're a hand setter, they're like, oh, should I put my hands on this? I'm not sure. So. An easy fix for this is to concentrate on location and accuracy before you concentrate on height. Obviously, we still need this pass to be above the top of the antenna. So I think that that's a good place to start. The minimum height should still be above the top of the antenna. When we are at camps, we say six feet above the top of the antenna. That's kind of our number that we feel really comfortable with and being perfect. But if you're a beginner, I think it's okay to start below that and work your way rather than starting above that and working your way down. Okay. If you're starting, if you're in serve receive and you're thinking, about where should I be passing this ball and you're wondering is height more important than the location still think about that center line that we just got done talking about your goal is to put the ball there okay if you tell your setter hey I'm gonna put this ball here but it might get there quick your setter's still gonna get there okay but if we keep passing this ball really really high it's really hard for a setter to make a really good touch 
And now our timing step is off. Now our attacking feels a little weird. The set is probably going to be a little bit higher than we're expecting because it's just the energy of the ball. If that ball is passed really high, it's going to bounce higher off our partner's platform. That's just physics. Okay. So we have to think about helping our setters out. And that's what those, those two things do that we talked about. Location of the pass and then concentrating on accuracy versus height. Okay. I really, really don't like it when people say, I have to pass the ball higher in order so that my setter can get there. No, your setter's an athlete just like you. Okay. Tell them where you're going to be passing and then trust that they're going to get there. Okay. So whenever we are trying to make this happen, we really focus on allowing our setters to go there. We want to still concentrate on getting that pass high enough to where it's clearing the top of the antenna, but we still don't want this ball going really, really, really high because once again, yes, your setter is going to be there, but now you're making their set more difficult. All right. Just had a question from Josh. I feel like it's way easier to bump set a good location ball than hand set a higher poorly located ball. Yeah, I agree. Josh, what I'm thinking, what I read that is that whenever you're running to the net, if the pass is low, you're okay bump setting it. But if that ball is really high, then you're not going to want to hand set it. Okay. So I think that that's a really, really good statement. Josh, is, Josh said, I feel like it's way easier to bump set a good location ball that might be low, but it's in the right spot versus hand setting a higher poorly located ball. Okay. And that's a really, and I, I honestly don't even think we need to say the poorly located part. I think it's just harder in general, obviously if it's a good tempo, but whenever you're making your pass, you want a soft peak. You do not want it to look like a mountaintop that you don't want to climb. Okay. You want it to be somewhere you're climbing up the mountain because you want to watch the sunset. And you feel cool with it. All right. Okay. And then the last one with passing is trying to people try to face their target too much. Okay. And what that means is let's say a server is serving the ball straight in front of me. So I'm looking at them. And then when I pass the ball, I end up with my shoulders facing my setter or my target or the middle of the court. Okay. We don't need it. It's an extra movement. Same thing as I was talking about with simple machines. When we're passing, we want to limit our movements as much as possible. You turning your body is the same thing as when that ball is coming to you, just dropping a shoulder and allowing that ball to bounce off of your platform. Okay. We need to think about ourselves. I've had this conversation many times on this podcast, so I'm, I'm sure some of you guys are probably getting tired of it, but we need to think of ourselves as objects that the ball is going to bounce off of rather than thinking it's our job to push that ball to an area. Obviously, we're going to have to add some energy here and there, but this ball loves to bounce off of a strong platform. And anytime we start adding in a torso twist or anything, then the platform is not as stable and the ball's like, what's going on? So keep your chest square to the net as much as you can. Obviously, if you have to do a drop step or anything like that, then you're going to be opening up your chest. But let's try to commit to keeping our shoulders square to the net as long as possible, because that will allow us to set up the correct angle of our platform. And if you find yourself facing your setter after you're done passing, then you're the person that's doing that rotation that's happening a little too much. Okay, so keep that in mind. So those three things that we talked about with passing is change the location. Stop passing to your setter. Pass to the middle of the court or keep it on your half and trust your setter to get there. The second one was concentrate on location, that location that we just talked about versus height. Okay, too many people think that they need to pass the ball really 
really high to allow their setter to get there. It's a myth. Trust your setter's athleticism. Tell them to go to the spot. You'll get it done. And then finally, stay square to the net, not square to your target. Okay. All right. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is going through setting. Okay. So obviously we've gone through our passing and now it's time to talk about our set. Okay. So when we find that good location and we're going through the middle of the court, now we need to talk about the set. And the setter... The first common mistake that I see is people leaving too early and too aggressively, okay? And those happen at the same time. And what I mean by that is that once somebody thinks that they're not getting served, they run to that target spot, which would be around six feet from the net, right in the middle of the court. They run to that location and they get there before their passer is even done passing the ball. Okay, so now if you can imagine this setter is standing at the net with their back to the net facing the passer. One of the big things that we always talk about with setting is that you need to be square. You need to be square to where your attacker is going to contact the ball. And what that means is that your shoulders and your belly button should be facing where that area is. Okay. And we also need your belly button and your shoulders to be facing that area as long as possible. Okay. So you should try to do it from the second you start moving forward to that target passing location, and you should stay square to your attacker's attack point the whole time. Okay. Too many of us try to turn and face where this pass is coming. And instead it should almost feel like you're about to catch like an over the shoulder throw. If we're an NFL wide receiver. Okay. You're not turning around and catching it. You're catching it over your shoulder. So allow that ball to cross cross over your your shoulder and then you should be facing where you are setting the entire time make sure you are waiting okay whenever we get a lot of questions on when should i be moving okay and the answer is whenever you realize that it's not coming to you you should start to think about your movement towards the location where you're going to be touching the ball but you have to make sure that you only take a couple of steps because we want to start our approach in the right direction, kind of getting our momentum going into that pass. But then we still want to allow ourselves some space so that we can finish the proper footwork of our set. And what that proper footwork looks like is your off foot, net foot set. And also when you're doing that off foot, net foot set, you should be going into a dip dip with each of those steps. And then on your set, you should be rising up, okay? Whether you're bump setting or hand setting. But if you just run to that area, then you're not going to allow yourself to actually go through the proper footwork to make your set, which is going to make it harder for you to square up. And it's just going to make the set a lot trickier than it needs to be. So keep your chest, your belly button towards that area. Release when you realize the ball is not coming to you, but maybe two or three steps, which means that once you've taken those two to three steps, you'll see your partner pass. And then once you know where that pass is going, you can use the rest of your footwork to eventually end up on an off foot net foot set, making your set and hopefully keeping your momentum going towards that target. All right, we got a pretty good question. What's best set by angle leg closer to the net forward or 180 degrees along with the net with shoulder to the net facing end of the net? You gotta square up to where you're setting, okay? I, I think exactly everything that I was just talking about um, kind of answers that question. and. If you're facing your passer when they're passing and then you're just rotating slightly so that you're kind of parallel to the net, I think that's what you're saying, then you're not actually being square to where you're setting unless it's a perfect pass within 
five feet of the net. Okay. And a lot of times if you're passing within five feet of the net, you're going to start making errors and we need to set ourselves up, allowing ourselves taking some pressure off of our passers. Okay. If we're that close to the net, then it's really, really hard for a passer to drop that ball in there. And they have to be perfect because now if you, if I happen to pass the ball even 10 feet off the net, you're never going to get square. Okay. So delay, make sure you're facing the target there's no angle there's no set angle that we can make because passers never pass in the same spot i don't care how good you are it's at least going to be a, a centimeter or two off so i can't tell you it's going to be a 45 degree angle a 90 degree angle whatever it is because the angle is going to be changing consistently from touch to touch and it's your job to make sure that you are finishing with your momentum going towards where your target where your attacker is going to be touching the ball in their third contact all right, kind of moving right into it. The next thing that I wanted to talk about with setting is momentum, okay? Once again, if you're early, then a lot of times, this is a common mistake that we see, is that momentum is going away from your attacker. You need to make sure that your momentum is going towards your attacker at all times. Sometimes it doesn't feel like we're moving away, but our butt will push backwards when we think that we're not moving. Okay, so my challenge to you guys is whenever you are making your set and you're going through that off foot, net foot, and then you're setting, your next step should be with that off foot again towards your target. Okay, so record yourself playing today, tomorrow, whatever you do this week, and see where your next step is after your set. Okay, if you're stepping away from the attacker, then your momentum is in the wrong place, okay? And more than likely, if I had to guess, your setting is probably very inconsistent on a side-to-side -side basis, meaning that you're pushing your setter too, your attacker too far out or you're leaving them too far in, okay? If you can get that momentum going in the same direction every single time, then that will allow you to be more consistent and have a more structured platform because you'll realize that your momentum is what's going to make this set rather than an arm swing, okay? A lot of times when we see people backing away after they set, so going with an off foot, net foot set, but then they're catching themselves from backing up or even worse, they're running back. That ball is gonna follow you. If you step forward, the ball is gonna go forward. If you step backwards, the ball is gonna step backwards. So keep your momentum going towards your attacker. And a good thing about this is it allows us to do what is probably the weakest thing in everybody's game, if you've ever watched, is that it allows us to cover, okay? Covering your hitter is important. A lot of us are terrible at it, myself included, but we need to start setting ourselves up so that we can get closer to our attacker rather than further away, okay? And then the last one with, attack, with setting is thinking about setting the attacker's shoulder rather than an antenna, okay? I think a lot of us, we think about, oh, I'm a left side or, oh, I'm a right side and then once we have that conversation all we think about doing is trying to set their half of the court and get that ball to their antenna okay most of the time especially if we're following this idea of passing the ball on your half of the court we can concentrate more on just setting this ball up and down okay obviously we still need to think about if your attacker is left-handed or right-handed but if we're able to go through and think about where am i setting this ball and making our platform more structured whenever we have to set this ball really far we tend to move our arms a lot we swing our platform and now this ball if we don't hit it is going to land outside the court okay whether you're setting your left side or your right side your sets should still be landing inside the court if they're landing outside the court then that ball is going to start attacking 
your hitter rather than your hitter attacking the ball. Okay. I think that's a really, really good point. And if you, after a set, if you feel like that set was attacking you, meaning you're leaning away, meaning you're having to go and chase it, then obviously either the set was wrong or your foot was wrong. Footwork was wrong. Okay. As a setter, it's our job to put up a ball that an attacker can use their footwork and go attack it and leave it on our attacking shoulder so that we can go and hit this ball as hard as we can. But too many times setters end up pushing this ball either past the set to the antenna for no reason. Think about leaving this ball in between you and your attacker. That way they can go get it. Obviously, if you have a right-handed player on the right side of the court, this is the only time where that kind of can backfire. But a lot of times our attackers should be bumping into the court anyway. And if they're bumping away, then you're making that set really, really hard. And you're making your window of your attack even smaller than it should be. Okay. So I think, think about up and down sets, especially if we follow the advice for where this pass should be located. I think that'll set you up for some good sets. Okay. And then that allows our setters and our attackers to start having conversations. Okay. Be okay with being picky on your sets. Just don't do it in a jerk way. Okay. Don't avoid eye contact and just throw your hand up and be like, higher, higher, higher. No, that's a jerk. Okay. Be okay with saying, ah, that ball went a little too far outside. Oh, that ball was a little too low. Can you give me two more feet? Okay. But be specific in what you want. Don't just say it was too low. Let them know how low it was. Sometimes when Mark and I are playing and we're giving feedback to one another, we say, oh, if that set was three inches higher, it would have been perfect. And yes, that's very picky. That's, that's, we're kind of getting a little too specific, but those are the conversations that we're having. So for you guys, you can have these conversations with people about saying, hey, that ball went past me three feet too far. That set was too high by five feet. Okay. That gives a setter something to think about next time they're going rather than just being nervous that you're unhappy. Okay. So keep that feedback, give them honest feedback and let them know that you're not upset with them. You're just trying to give them a little critique that's going to allow them to set you perfectly. Okay. Those conversations are going to be very important. All right. Moving on, last skill that we're going to talk about, and I'm going to try to get through this in about nine minutes, but it is going to be attacking, okay? The only bad thing about attacking is that people love to do it so much that it causes a lot of errors, mainly because we're so excited, okay? And once we start to be really excited, two things can't happen. We can't react and we can't think. Okay. So we need to make sure that we're doing things that allow us to stay relaxed. Okay. So that's my first key. That's not an issue that I've seen in the past. Although a lot of people are really stressed. I got this feedback yesterday from DJ who coaches with us at camp and it was unreal how much better I felt after I was done playing. And all he said to me was relax, relax throughout the process of this skill. Okay. And one of the first times that we end up not being relaxed is when we're thinking about our timing step. Okay. The first issue, the most common error that I see in beach volleyball is that people have no care in the world about when their timing step happens. Okay. And when I say timing step, I mean the first step of your four step approach. Okay. So you just pass the ball and you are going to be making your timing step in relation to your setter's contact. Okay. So when that setter touches the ball, that is the first time that your first step of your approach should be going down. 
Okay. Record yourself. It's very easy to see when that step is going down and when your setter is touching the ball. If you have a big issue with this, start saying now when your setter is about to touch the ball and see if your footwork matches that now. Okay. I've had really good results with this with campers, clinics, private lessons, what have you. And it also allows the setter to realize if you're saying now at the right time. Okay. So you're going to be able to work together and define this timing step. And that timing step needs to remain slow because we need to be able to gain energy throughout our approach from start to finish. It should feel like you're gradually increasing your speed. But if that first step is super fast and super aggressive, then it's going to be hard for you to keep up that speed and keep progressing into a quicker tempo unless you're asking for a shoot set okay so if you're running a normal up and down set which most of us should be then think about finding that timing step on your setters touch if you're at practice say now when your setters touching the ball so that your first step can happen on that now and that should allow you to feel like you're behind the ball if you feel like you're always early if you feel like you're waiting at the net for that ball to get to you and to make your attack then i guarantee you your timing step is completely off and you're you're not even thinking about it okay you have to think about it get it to be when the setter is contacting the ball all right and then the second one i kind of said this already but really focus on the tempo of your approach going from slow to fast all right attacking is a really powerful skill or at least it it feels like it so whenever we start to move really really fast and we start to run because we think we have to jump really high and we think we have to hit really hard we tense up our body and whenever we tense up our body we can't react as well so this is when that set starts to feel like it's attacking you rather than you attacking it okay but if we wait back a little bit longer and we start our approach off very slow then we'll be able to see that set and then use our last three steps to go aggressive and then meet that ball in the air at the optimal height that we can contact a ball and put some steam on it but if you feel like you're hitting on your way down that's when you're going to really have some shoulder issues that's where you're going to start feeling some pain you're going to feel like you're not getting any tempo on the ball and you're not going to be able to see the defense at all so start slow and i have some people that reach out to me and whenever i say this they're like whenever i do this i my contact it feels like I'm late and that's fine. Being late is better than being early. I promise you. Okay. Uh, it's the same thing with parties. If you're the first person at the party every time, you don't want to be that guy. Okay. Be late, be casually late. Right. And the important thing is that you're going to be, you're going to feel like you're late because you've been so early for so long. So when you wait and you feel like you're late to the ball, that's an, a sense of urgency that you're feeling. And that's what you should feel before those last two steps go down because now you're going to be hitting on your way up rather than jumping in the air. Even if you're a very good jumper, you're still going to be hitting on the way down and you've lost all that momentum. You might as well have just gone to the net and done a straight vertical jump because you have not used any of your speed to make that attack. Okay. And then finally, the last thing I want to talk about is playing chess. Okay, so when you're an attacker, it doesn't matter what skill level you're at. doesn't matter if you're a beginner just starting out or if you're playing in an open level tournament this weekend or if you're down in Rosarito playing, hoping to get in a, into the Olympics in three years. You have to start playing chess with the defenders. Okay, if you're not playing, if you're playing against people that don't block, then think about going short and deep. Start getting them to guess where they're going to attack and then try to put the ball where they're not and try to get ahead of them. Okay, so if they start running short and getting that short shot, 
show that you're going to go short and then poke it deep over their head. Okay. Or it could be as simple as just going for a sideline or an inline or a seam. I think a lot of people, they run into the court like they're going to hit and they end up just hitting the ball and it might have some good pace on it, but they end up hitting the ball right at the defender in the middle of the court. There's a reason that people stand in the serve receive position and it's because we've blocked off a majority of the court and those are the most common errors areas that people are going to attack. So we have to figure out a way to attack away from them, all right? If we can find a way to get them to move out of that sweet spot, whether it's making them come shorter, making them go deeper, whatever it is, we have to start thinking about trying to make them move in a specific area, all right? Um, I guarantee you that if you think about this idea, then you're going to start having more fun, okay? You might not be hitting every ball, but that's okay. It also saves some energy for you. So if you've never done this before, what I suggest is at your next practice, think about two shots that you wanna play with, okay? So the easiest ones that you can think about are a hard cross and a high line, okay? And then, just throw in some hard crosses, throw in some high lines, but make yourself do it three at a time. So hit three hard cross, shoot three high line, okay? Now you've kind of given the defense an idea of where you want to hit, and now you can be in charge of that. So maybe then you can start alternating. If you notice that your player, the defensive player is starting to pick up on what they think is a pattern, then you can throw something against that pattern and you can make them feel like they are completely lost. Like, oh, he normally hits, he hits a high line in this situation. Okay, I'm going to go cut shot. All right. But we have to start thinking about how we can do that. And once again, if you're playing, if you're not playing in an area where people are blocking, then you're you're still going to be playing around with these shots in these locations. We still have to figure out a way to get it away from that center part of the court where a lot of people are standing. So once again, you're going to be playing around with that short deep idea, poking it right over the net. People hate that if if they're standing deep in the court because now they have to run and dive, make a touch, get off the net and go swing. All right, which is really hard to do. So if you can start playing around with that short deep, start thinking about hitting the sidelines more than the middle of the court, then I think you're going to set yourself up for success. All right. So those are my uh, those are my errors that I've seen, my most common errors. Hopefully you guys were writing some of that stuff down. If not, go back and listen to our podcast. Uh, you guys will be able to see that in a chapter form. Um, and I think if you guys go to the if you go to your courts, go to practice, go to training, go to games this week, think about those. All right. I promise you, especially for the passing and setting and the timing step of our approach, if you can focus on those three things. I promise you, you will start to feel like your your game is becoming more controlled. Can't promise you that you'll score more quite yet, but I do promise that you, you will feel like your game is in more control. When you go back and watch it, you're going to feel like you're watching a higher level volleyball. And all it has to do with is, is a couple little easy fixes. Okay, um, so I'm going to answer some questions here for a little bit. There's some that are already here, so I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be on here for the next, let's say, five minutes. Okay, just answering some questions. And that will be it for today. So this is from Aaron Clancy. 
Hopefully you're still around, Aaron. Do you have any obvious pointers for how to stop shanking the serve receive from a hard serve or just generally how to receive better? I think especially when, when a serve is going harder, you have to think about getting your shoulders behind that ball a little bit quicker. More than likely, what you're doing is that somebody's serving a ball away from you and your first move is going to be to open up your shoulders so that you can go chase. But you need to think about that's why we teach shuffling. That's whenever we're passing, we think about the step, plant, plant. And when you do that, it allows your feet to get stable. And when you're shuffling, you won't have these shoulder twists as you're moving. You'll be able to keep your shoulders square to the net, like I talked about in the passing position. And then the good thing about people serving hard is we don't have to add any energy to this ball. So all you need to do is get that platform out. More than likely, if you're shanking this ball, you're doing one of two things. You're first opening up your shoulders so that your, your chest is probably facing a sideline. And then the second one is you're probably swinging at this ball still. Get that platform in front of the ball. Let that ball bounce off of you and it'll do the work for you. Mateo, sent you an email today, buddy. Can't wait to see you in April. Glad you're doing well. All right, Nick Parfait. I had one of those this morning. Hi, Brandon. Newish player here in my second season in a silver co-ed quads team. My team has a habit of just returning a serve immediately back over the net. What would be the best drill for us to do to break us out of this bad habit? First, design where you want to pass the ball. Okay, and then tell your passers that they should be passing between six and 10 feet off the net. Um, that's a big problem that we see when we hear fours is that people tend to think that we should still be setting like we do an in indoor or passing like we do an in indoor where the ball is very close to the net. But I would just say you could do a simple passing triangle where somebody is on the other side of the net like they're serving. But instead of it being a serve, you can just toss the ball over the net and then set up a target for that passer to pass the ball 10 feet off the net. Okay, we really need to make sure that we're allowing our passer and our setter to have room to miss. Okay, so if we move that pass off the net, that zone off the net where the passer should be passing to six to 10 feet instead of zero to six feet, then if we miss, we're going to miss closer to that three foot mark, or we're going to miss around that 12 foot mark. And all of those sets are very easy, easily settable. But for you guys, it sounds like you just have the idea that you're, you should pass the ball really tight. And to be honest, you're probably adding too much energy to your pass as well, especially if you're passing the ball over every time. So let that ball bounce off you. Don't swing. All right. Any tips for blocking against a team with a very good short game? You can do short game. I'm assuming short game means like shots or just poking the ball over the net. But this is where we still have a blocker. But instead of blocking, we hold up one of these. Okay, whatever. What this means is that you're going to take your side of the court, but instead of blocking, you're going to pull at the last second. Okay, so you're still responsible for the line. So this would be a normal line block. But if you go like this, it means that you're most likely going to pull at the last second. Okay, so if you throw in a little bit of that stuff, making them hit different shots should help you out a little bit. All right, I got time for two more questions. I'm going to go ahead and search through. I just set the wrong shoulder yesterday in an indoor sixes. Realized that after I set the ball, apologies for it since it wasn't an actual street at the time. I just set the wrong shoulder. Yeah, I like that. So Steven's talking about how he set his attacker's wrong shoulder. And then he was like, ah, oh, man, my bad. I, I'll, I'll make sure to set it on, on your attacking shoulder next time. That's really good for a hitter to hear because now it, it makes them realize that you're concentrating on stuff. Okay, Sarah. Good to see your name on here. You've been crushing your game. I love watching your Instagram. Uh, going back to setting, at what point do you give up trying to face where you are setting? 
if your partner passes way out of system, is it worth trying to run around the ball to square up? If you can do it, yes. So Sarah's question is, uh, if let's say a partner shanks a ball around 20 feet off the net and you're still around five feet, is should you still try to get around this ball so that you're square, meaning your belly button and your shoulders are facing where your attacker is going to hit? The answer is yes, every single time. You're going to try your best, but it has a lot to do with individual speed and footwork, okay? So uh, the balls that I might be able to get to, Sarah, you might not be able to get to them or vice versa. There might be some balls that you can get to that I can't, all right? But it should be your goal every single time, no matter where the pass is, for you to get around it mainly because the squareness isn't as, as important as it is our momentum. We need to make sure that we're getting around it so that the momentum of our set can carry us towards our setter. If we don't do that, a lot of times our momentum will be going away from our setter, making our set more inconsistent. One more question. Do you recommend playing in an indoor sixes league to get better at beach also or strictly only beach? That's a really good question, Josh. I, I think it depends on where you are. Okay, so if you have the ability to play a lot of beach, if you have the ability to play a lot of sand, like I know where I used to live in Virginia Beach, we we couldn't play on the sand year round because winter was still pretty frigid. Okay, but we had we were lucky enough to have an indoor sand facility. Okay, but sometimes like it, the facility would be full, they didn't have enough times where I could go and train. So there were a couple years there where I would still play indoor. Um, I, I think just playing volleyball in general is going to get you better at volleyball, okay? If you're trying to get better at beach, obviously playing beach more is going to help you. But a lot of us, especially wherever we are in the country, are limited by the ability to even do it. Some areas don't even have sand facilities, so the option isn't there. So the only option you do have is playing indoor. Um, and to be honest, I think playing indoor is really really important i think it's great for people especially if you're young and your your bones and your joints are healthy and fresh i think it is a really good way to establish strength in your legs realizing what it feels like to go from slow to fast and jump really high i think it's really good for blocking obviously i think it's really good for endurance and cardio so it kind of just depends on what your goal is and, and what you're focusing on but the answer is always going to be play volleyball as much as you can play volleyball and if you can play sand volleyball to get better at sand, it's going to help you. But if you don't have that ability or just hours aren't in your favor, do whatever you can to get those touches. All right, guys, this was a really fun one for me. I appreciate you getting on here and listening to me nerd out about beach volleyball. I am trying to grow my Instagram account. Uh, we've been focusing on the business account for a while. And to be honest, I'm just not great at it. But if you are looking for some tips on beach volleyball, if you want to drop questions to me, I love answering them. I love having these conversations. So um, if you could, please go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram. My name is at joy underscore beach VB. Uh, and I'll try to give you guys some some content to help you learn and while we're not on the podcast. But once again, thank you guys so much for all the questions. Whenever you guys comment, it gives once once again, it gives me something to talk about with you guys, um, and it, it kind of makes me feel like we're starting our own little online community about just learning everything about beach volleyball. We also do have all of our programs. Okay, I've talked about this before. 
we have our 50 practice plans. That has become one of our most popular product. People are trying to get it every single day. Pretty much every time we have a podcast, we have some people purchase. So thank you guys so much for trusting us. Uh, I think you'll find that these practice plans are great. The how to fix your arm swing in 10 days. If you have shoulder issues, if you feel like you're not siding out strong enough, uh, go ahead and do that. And, you know, we, we don't like getting very salesy on these, but uh, we don't charge for the podcast. We don't charge for our YouTube channel. And uh, we're still trying to make a living out here. So anything that you guys are willing to do, uh, whether it's giving us a follow, subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing our content, whether it's this podcast or uh, any YouTube video or Instagram that you really like, um, it means more than more than you know. And if you're trusting us enough to, to coaching, we have our online coaching as well, where if you're ready to, to take that next step um, and figure out how you can start winning more tournaments or games in your area, uh, please reach out to us and we'll make sure that we can get you uh, into our complete player profile or complete player online training. It's really fun. And uh, just the community alone is worth being in because it's very motivating. So, and as always, we'll see you guys on the sand. Appreciate y'all.